0: Kate Faulkner.
2: Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, May 24th. Our top story today, parents in one Kent village are considering hiring a private minibus to take their children to school after councillors scrapped the cap on how much bus pass costs can rise. Lucy has been following this story. Lucy, what can you tell me about the costs of a school bus pass?
0: Well, the Kent Travel Saver currently sets households back £450 per year and it will stay that way in September after the council was given extra funding from the government. But yesterday, members of the Environment and Transport Cabinet Committee voted to remove the limit on how much the cost can be hiked in the future. It means unless more government funding can be secured, the annual cost of bus travel for students could increase to more than £630 from next September. And what's been the reaction from the community? Residents are struggling to see how the increase can be justified. One group of parents in Bolton under bleen say they're considering pooling their money together to hire a private minibus service for their children because it could cost less. Other parents say they simply won't be able to afford it and will have to look at other options like taking time off work to drop children to and from school. Is this bad news for the future of the scheme? Well, there have been suggestions that if the bus pass scheme can't be maintained, then there needs to be an alternative. Deal and warmer councillor Trevor Bond says we should start working on a backup plan now. But others say, at least in the short term, we should be pleased that prices won't be going up. Thanks, Lucy. Also making news today, a Kent
2: student is joining calls for compensation for those whose studies were disrupted by COVID and strike action. 100,000 in total are attempting to take universities to court over a lack of face-to-face learning in recent years. A High Court judge will decide today if the first case against University College London can go ahead. Amber Maywood from Tunbridge Wells studied in Leeds and says it's not just her who forked out thousands to only learn online.
3: It's just the fact that I think there's just been no acknowledgement at all You know, if we wanted an online degree, we would have signed up to one, but we were still paid normal price. Um, During strikes. we're still paying normal price, even though um, staff are withdrawing their labour. That learning isn't coming to us, but we're still paying for that. Uh, There's there's just been no recognition of it, really. Um, And I just think it's quite unfair that some students who didn't get anything online um, or just who didn't receive that learning that we're paying for were just sort of pushed aside and not really acknowledged. So I think, yeah, looking back at the last three years, almost a bit regretful. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a really good group of friends and still try and make the most of it. But I just think, yeah, we're not really getting the service that we're paying for. And when you're paying that much, I think it, it needs to be addressed and there needs to be some compensation. And did you actually stay in Leeds, Amber, or did you decide that it was just too expensive and you were going to come back home? Yeah, so we we had the option in, um, in my first year that... Um, luckily for those living in halls in first year some accommodations offered you that tenancy back if you were to move home but obviously if you're renting through landlords and things like that that option isn't necessarily guaranteed I know that it wasn't guaranteed um for second year students third year students that weren't in halls um and yeah my decision to come back um in second year was again due to email saying to us that we needed to be in Leeds whereas in retrospect we just didn't. Um, the whole of second year was completely online so yeah in hindsight could have saved a, saved a lot of money on rent. <laughs> and do you think it affected your degree in the long term or do you think you would have done any differently if those lectures had been in person rather than online do you think it affected how you learnt? Completely yeah I mean I'm quite a visual learner I know that many people are we all learn differently but I think all learning is going to be slightly hindered when you're just literally getting a PowerPoint slide of someone reading off of it I think what really affected my learning as well as I quite like to actually know who's giving that or delivering that lecture and quite often we had some modules where you know you can't even see who your lecturer is you're just getting um, words read verbatim from slides that you know even had years out of date dates at the bottom so it's like you know the slides haven't been updated I've got no idea what my lecturer looks like so to kind of sit at a desk for hours a day just basically being read to i just think yeah it's not it's not the learning that that you're expecting really and obviously if this goes in your favor as you say it's going to set a massive precedent what will it mean to you will you you be able to get compensation do you think it's yeah i mean it's looking quite likely obviously today is yeah the massive turning point whether we whether it looks likely or not um if for example ucl um do give compensation to students, this is looking really likely that other other students at other universities that are signed up to this claim and that this claim is going against should hopefully get some compensation. Um, and from internal conversations, it's it's looking quite positive. So I'm yeah, really quite hopeful um that we've all got something back. I think it's more just getting something back. Not necessarily a lot, but I think it's the recognition that this has happened and that yeah, we haven't got the service that we've paid for. So it's what we're rightly getting I believe. Have you got a figure in your head Amber as to what you would like because we all know how expensive tuition fees are and um, you're starting yeah. off life with quite a bit of debt because of that what would you like to get back? Mm-hmm. I think I'm completely um, sympathetic towards you know the first first instance that that the lockdown happened you know no one could have seen it coming it was completely unprecedented so I think my first year it you know it was it was a horrible time for everyone um but i think from the time on that the restrictions were all lifted i think at least any time on from that i i just want at least a year's worth of tuition fees back because that i mean that kind of money is life changing for some people um and i think there were certain steps and measures that weren't taken to ensure that we could get back to in-person learning even though that that was that was allowed um so i think never going to quite get compensation back for the learning that we missed um you know certain strikes meant that some modules weren't covered um i was quite passionate about my course i was really excited to learn about it um so for those that learning that we will never get back unfortunately yeah there's you can't really put a price price on education in some cases but i think yeah at least at least one year's worth of tuition fees would be, would be a dream. The
2: university wants to block the students' rights to use the courts, saying they want all complaints to have gone through the proper channels first. Two police officers have been given final written warnings after sharing what detectives call a deeply hurtful graphic about the murder of Sarah Everard. Bosses at the Met say the pair let everyone down with their behaviour. The 33 year old was killed by serving officer Wayne Cousins from Deal in March 2021. Yesterday, a panel decided a fellow colleague didn't investigate him properly over reports of indecent exposure in Swanley. It comes as the police watchdogs calling for a national system to make sure all forces are told about criminal allegations made Against serving officers,
0: Kent Online reports.
2: This is one of our most read stories today. A builder has been left devastated after his van containing three thousand pounds worth of tools was stolen from a village near Maidstone. The white Ford Transit was taken in Nettlestead Green last week. Some items were later found dumped in Horshamden. Police are investigating. A woman has been injured after a disturbance involving around twenty people in Dartford High Street. The victim was taken to hospital with facial injuries. Three people have been charged with a fray over the incident earlier. This month, police are now looking for witnesses. A man's been charged with indecent exposure following an incident in Chatham. Officers were called to Clover Street on Saturday and arrested a 31 year old from Gravesend. He's been released on bail and is due back in court in December. Kent
1: Online reports.
2: A group of travellers have pitched up at a children's play area in Snodland. It's believed the unauthorised encampment arrived on Sunday morning at Neville Park in Saltings Road and is the same group evicted from a site in Hawling last week. Enforcement officers visited the park yesterday and instructed the occupants to leave. At Count Online, you can see pictures of the moment a Tesco worker was left covered in eggs and flour at a store near Tunbridge. It happened at the express branch on Commercial Road in Paddock Wood. The supermarket says it's working with local authorities following previous Reports of abuse and attacks. The future of a recently refurbished pub in Medway could be under threat as the new landlords have dropped out. The Angel in Raynham was taken over by David Carroll and Emma Smith in December, and £185,000 has been spent on a huge revamp. The owners are now looking for someone else to step in and run it. Now, the owners of an historic hop farm in Kent say they hope to show us all how important they are by opening the site up to visitors. Hukens Hops in Tenterden has been operating for the past 100 years owner ross says it's an exciting time
4: so behind us we're redeveloping our old host house Uh, so three years ago we've moved into a a modern uh, hop processing facility which is right behind us as part of that we started doing tours and looking at how we could open ourselves up to the public uh, to help them learn more about hops and importance in local kentish beers Um, so when we were looking at plans to redevelop this building we decided we wanted uh, to a brewery on site, so McCann's brewery are moving into the building uh, which is being redeveloped alongside uh, the brewery will be a, a brasserie and taproom where people can come on tours, taste the beers and also have some food um, and basically a nice day out but with it focused around uh, hops and beer. We're also having four uh, to five glamping units which are being built at the moment. Um, shepherd's huts and reap uh, hop picker's huts and a uh, converted uh, brick building as well. So people will be able to come and stay here. They'll be able to have a beer here, grab some food here, come on a tour here um, and explore the rest of the farm in terms of the work we do with regenerative agriculture, wildflower meadows, the hop growing and the link. Uh, which will bind it all together which is the food product the beer and how it's used in in modern beers and the flavour it imparts on those beers Mm. so that's that's basically what we're doing
3: brilliant so you mentioned um that you're sort of the first this is the first of its kind in kent um knowing that how how do you feel about it all it it must be quite a quite fulfilling thing
4: yeah really excited um to have uh, a brewery on a hot farm uh It is going to be quite unique in in that it's going to be obviously beer focused uh, but also agricultural focused and hops play a crucial role, they still do today um, but also historically uh, with the local landscape and communities with people coming down from London, uh, local towns coming hop picking here. Um, So it's a really important part of our local agricultural history Um, and with the number of modern Modern brewers we've got in, in Kent now, with the Kent brewing scene flourishing, to be a great way of uh, signposting people to all the different kind of beers they can get locally, and how important British hops are in those beers.
0: Kent Online reports.
2: A strewed man has been arrested, accused of stealing high-value agricultural equipment from farms and businesses across Kent. Jamie Broadmoor was charged with carrying out the crimes in Shaun, Sandling, Gravesend, Southfleet and West Morling over an eight-month period. The 37-year-old from Elaine Avenue remains in custody. A Kent MP will speak in the Commons later about his plans to ban violent airline passengers from flying. Recent figures show the number of cases on flights has tripled since 2019. Dartford's Gareth Johnson wants new laws brought in to tackle so-called air rage. It's claimed chemical cocktails are polluting some of Kent's rivers, poisoning wildlife and putting our health at risk. Environment agency data shows 81% of England's waterways contain at least one of five toxic substances and includes the Thames, Medway and Stour. Richard Benwell from the Wildlife and Countryside link says it can come from things like pesticides, medication and cosmetic products.
1: We know that sometimes these chemicals work in combination as, as cocktail have a cocktail effect and that can increase their chances of of causing uh, reproductive problems of messing around with the endocrine system and other internal workings in wildlife and in people. But we don't yet know the scale of the risk to wildlife or to people, and that's why this research that we're publishing today shines a light on the extent of this chemical cocktail effect in our rivers. Large-scale industrial pollution is something that we imagine uh, as a, a thing of history, the sort of Victorian history books. But chemicals enter our environment from all sorts of different places. So some of them come from our farmed environment when we spray insecticides and pesticides and fungicides, and those can those can run off from our fields down into the rivers. Others come through the wastewater system. So some of the most um, insidious chemicals that we're talking about here are the forever chemicals, things like PFAS that you might have heard of, that we use in all sorts of everyday products. They're there in in cosmetics that we put on our skin, they're there on uh, grease-proof non-stick surfaces, on our food packaging and our cookware. Uh, And when uh, when those things wash off into the water, they wash down the drain and they wash into our rivers, and these things are an unknown risk to people and to nature, but we do know that they, they do something called bioaccumulate. So they tend to get stored up in the bodies of wildlife and move up the food chain. And when they work in combination, those risks can be multiplied. We simply don't know the scale of the problem. So part of what we're asking for is for government to get a grip on the uh, the monitoring and measurement of the chemical pollution that's out there. But where we do know that there's a problem, we're asking them, them to take a a serious regulatory approach in the chemical strategy that's coming up and what does that mean? We're looking for them to to ban non-essential uses of some of those known toxic chemicals so we don't need to put PFAS and other forever chemicals in our cosmetics, we don't need them in our food packaging and those should be phased out.
2: The government are promising to set out a strategy to deal with the problem later this year. Kent
1: online reports.
2: Kent and Medway rail commuters are set to benefit from London's tap and go ticketing system. Transport for London announced 181 stations across the Southeast network should be connected to the system by 2025 but which ones remain a mystery. It means passengers will be able to use bank cards or smartphones to pay for their journey rather than having to buy paper or electronic tickets in advance. A cocktail bar in Dover is down as bosses say people don't seem to be interested in going out anymore. The Lava Lounge announced on Facebook that they were closing their doors permanently and said that COVID and the cost of living crisis were to blame for their struggles. They thanked their customers for one hell of a ride. And we're being warned not to cool off in stretches of the River Medway if it gets warm over the bank holiday weekend. The Environment Agency says waterways can contain hazards we can't see above the ground and often have strong currents. They're particularly concerned about the area around Thiessen Country Park where youngsters have previously been seen jumping off bridges into the water.
1: Kent Online Sports.
2: In cricket, Kent get their campaign in the T20 Blast underway today. They're welcoming Gloucestershire to Canterbury. Coach Matt Walker says they're looking forward to it.
5: Excited, as always. I think this time of year is is probably the most exciting part of the year. It's where I think supporters and players, uh, the juices start to flow, and it's, it's an exciting brand of cricket, and obviously having... Been a pretty successful team in this format for the last five or six years. It's, um, I think, everyone starts to get the get the, the juices flowing and looking forward to playing some T20 cricket. And it's been a been a um, tough six six weeks to start the year. And this now is a good opportunity just to sort of throw the shackles off, um, really pay attention to a format that we play some really good cricket in. So hopefully, hopefully we can start well, and hopefully the lads can really sort of find the energy to to start this competition in a really positive way, um, there should be no excuses, Obviously it's been a busy period but I think everyone's in the same frame of mind, everyone's looking forward to getting going and who knows, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in, in this competition because it's such a, such a volatile format but um, I think we know if we play to our best potential then we've got a very good chance of, of pushing on to the later stages. Mm. And uh, are you excited to see Kane Richardson play for you? Yeah, very. I mean, it's been great ever since he's walked through the door a few weeks, well, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think when you have a world-class operator in your team, it gives everyone a real lift. Um, And that's what he is. He's been around for a long time, Kane. He's played in the best leagues and he's played for Australia and on and on and on. And um, to have him available for the whole competition gives us a real boost, Um, not just on the field, of course, but sort of in and around the group, his experience, his know-how. Um, be able to help some of our younger bowlers um, is, is priceless. So, really looking forward to seeing him getting going, and um, he's definitely added to, to our, our bowling group. Um, so yeah, it's exciting for everyone I think to see a, see a name like Cambridge and turn up and play at the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And going into the first game of the of the of the Blast campaign, is there any particular focus on that very first game? I think the the focus is obviously you won't go into all sort of the the finer details of of um, yeah, you know, what we talk about in, in the dressing room and in the boardroom around the briefing and the various KPIs and, and areas of, that we need to really crack on but I think overall is, is sort of having that belief back in the group amongst you know, individually and also belief in each other and I think when we play our best cricket that's what it looks like I think you see a team full of confidence full of belief trusting their skills um, incredible skill it's incredibly skillful group and talented group in this format um, but you got to trust it and believe in it and I think that's that was is really evident when we play our best cricket. Um, that's complete commitment into into what we're trying to do, uh, energy around the group on the field, obviously especially in when we're fielding, um, and just going out there and almost not you know casting the shackles off completely because there's always a smartness attached to to this format, but go out and play with freedom. Um, and if you know if it's, if it's If it's your day, really make the most of it and go out and um, just have complete faith in in what we're
2: about. It'll be a welcome break from the county championship where they've won just one game all season. And more than a million pounds could be spent on upgrading a rugby club in Kent. Bosses in Ashford say they want to make the facility the best in the county with the new changing rooms and a revamp of the clubhouse. The site on Canterbury Road in the Kennington part of town was last modernised in 1985. That's all from us today. Thank you ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get the details of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk.
1: News you can trust.
0: This is
2: the
3: Kent Online Podcast.